1: Time now for New Hope Radio on AM 1100 KFAX. This program is the Radio Ministry of New Hope Christian Fellowship in Hayward, a place of healing and restoration. Now here's today's message of hope.
2: Jesus the champion, who's the author and the finisher of our faith. So 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 back to Luke. Okay, it says that the moment the moment that Jesus turned and looked at Peter, the moment that they that they Locked eyes again is when everything hit Peter, and that's when Peter's spiritual sight was all of a sudden restored in that moment, right? So Peter was affected by what he saw with his physical eyes. He was looking through his physical eyes. He wasn't looking through his spiritual eyes. One of of my favorite stories in the Bible is in 2 Kings chapter 6. Second Kings chapter six is, is about the prophet Elisha. And there's a king that's that's out to kill the prophet Elisha. Okay, I'm just going to summarize this really quick. And, and the prophet Elisha and, and his servant, they find themselves in this village. And all of a sudden, one morning, the servant wakes up and he goes out the door and he looks and he sees that there is the king's army all around surrounding them. Yes. And he comes running back in and he says, Elisha, Elisha, they're here. We're surrounded. The enemy is surrounding us. And listen to Elisha's response. He says, oh, but you got to know this, that there are more for us than against us. And listen to what he does in this moment. Elisha prays to God. Oh, you guys got to get this. This is, this is powerful. He prays to God in that moment for his servant. And he says, oh Lord, would you open his eyes? Would you open his eyes so he can see? And look what happens. The servant goes back outside and the enemy's army is still there, but it says he looks up and he sees in the hills that there are chariots of fire surrounding them. That's where we get that song. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. There's more for me than against me. And there's going to be times in your life where you open your eyes and you see the enemy around. We can't deny it. We go through things. It's life. We go through trials. We go through tribulations. We're going to be tempted. But we have to be able to see with our spiritual eyes. And in that moment, I pray you would say, oh, Lord, would you open up my spiritual eyes? God, I feel the weight of, of my problems. I feel the weight of my issues. I feel the weight of my troubles, God. I feel the temptation all around me, Lord God. But but Lord, let me not focus on that. Let me focus on you like it says in your word, Jesus, because you are the author. You're the perfecter. You're the initiator. You're the beginning and the end of my faith. So I have to keep my eyes locked on you because if I could do that, then everything else fades away. It doesn't disappear. It's still there. But as far as you're concerned, because you're locked on the one that matters, these things are, are, they're not affecting you like they would. So number one, Peter followed him at a distance. Number two, his faith was affected by what he saw with his physical eyes. But then he remembers Jesus's words. The moment that he locks eyes with Jesus, he remembers his words. And this takes me to the third point in this story is that Peter wasn't standing on the word. He wasn't standing on God's promise. Jesus had been telling them. Jesus had been preparing them for this moment. Yes. Jesus knew that they would fall short, but, but nonetheless, He had been telling them, preparing them just the, just the night before. Breaking bread with them. He let them know, this is this is about to happen. It's necessary. It's about to happen. And for whatever reason, in that moment, when, when the disciples could have stood on the word, could have stood on the promise, they, they chose not to and they deserted him. You guys, this is why every Sunday morning we pray the word of God. The promise of your life is found in here. There's so many promises of God in here that you can stand on. That you can stand on. When the going gets tough, you take the word and you stand on the word. When you're up in the middle of the night, you open up the word and you say, Lord, you are my strength and my shield. Lord, you're my strength and my shield. I could cast all my cares upon you because you care for me, Lord. Lord, I could could find myself in perfect peace because that's what your word said. You are the prince of peace. Lord, I, I bring all, I bring everything to you, God. I lift it all to you, God. Because you'll give me peace, Lord. A peace that goes beyond my my understanding, Lord. That peace that will guard my heart and guard my mind, Lord. Right now, I need your peace to guard my heart and guard my mind. I can't sleep. I'm thinking about tomorrow. I'm thinking about next week. I'm thinking about what I did last week. Lord God, I, 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 I need your peace right now, Lord. I can stand on your word. I can stand on your promise. We have to be able to stand on God's word. But just like going to the bank, how are you going to pull anything out of the bank if you haven't deposited anything into the bank? <laughs> The Bible says that the Holy Spirit will pull things out of you in the right time. But there's got to be something in there to pull out. This is why, you guys, is so important. We have to prioritize God's presence. It has to be the number one priority in our life. We have to prioritize his word. I'm telling you, I mean, that's all, we could preach that every single week. And if you guys really get it, I'm going to tell you, if you put God first, everything else falls into place in your life. Yeah. It's simple. I could say that like a hundred different ways, but it all means the same thing. Just put God first, like for real, whatever it takes, put him first, whatever you got to give up, whatever you got, it doesn't matter. Just put God first. Don't worry about everything else. Don't see, see, Satan wants you to think, oh, but you got to stop doing this. And then you got to do this. And then you you can't do this and you got to go here and you can't go there anymore. And you can't, no, just focus on his presence. Focus on God. That's it. That's it. If you focus on that, everything else will be put into place. Because guess what happens? The desires in your heart begin to change. What what you once wanted to gravitate towards, once God is really first in your life, your desires change. That's why the Bible says that he'll give you the desires of your heart. Not, Not those nasty desires, but when he's first in your life, your desire begins to align with his desire for you. So let's look at these three points again. I'm doing good on time today. This is good. Because we got, we got, we're not even to the good part yet. Can you believe that? Number one, Peter followed at a distance. You guys, we have to prioritize his presence. We can't allow ourselves to get distant from God. It's good that you're here today, but what are you going to do tomorrow? What are you going to do on Tuesday? You have to do it for yourself. He desires a relationship with you. He desires for you to come into his presence. And it's not just like I have to etch out these 30 minutes in the morning to go into his presence. No, God is saying I'm present with you 24-7. Just keep the line open. Don't block me out. He followed him at a distance. Number two, his faith was affected by what he saw with his physical eyes. He wasn't looking through a spiritual lens. And number three, he wasn't standing on the word. He wasn't standing on God's promise. And then in verse 62, it says this, that Peter left the courtyard weeping bitterly. And that's the last thing we hear about Peter for three days. Can you imagine what Peter went through for those three days? After he just denied his Lord, returned his back on Jesus. Here's where it gets good. Okay? You guys ready? If you weren't paying attention before, pay attention right now. This this is where it gets good because this is where, you know, I, I was doing a devotional and I did a devotional like a week before on Peter's denial, and then all of a sudden I got to this part. And it just blew this story open for me. Some of you have already probably read this and have caught this. But for me, there was just like revelation. It was like boosh. Boosh. I'm going to turn to Mark. Mark chapter 16. Verse 5 and 7. Oh, you guys got to get this. So in Mark chapter 16, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, they're, they're arriving at the tomb. Jesus had died. It's been three days. It's early Sunday morning now, and the two Marys are arriving at the tomb, and as they arrive to the tomb to prepare the body, they see that the stone has been rolled away. Come on. Yeah. The stone has been rolled away, and this is where we catch here in Verse five, it says, when they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a white robe sitting on the right side. The women were shocked, but the angel said, don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He isn't here. Come on. He's risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. Now, now pay attention here. Now go and tell his disciples, including Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there just as he told you before he died. Now go and tell his disciples, and here's the two words that just blew everything for me, blew it up for me in a good way. Including Peter. Because here's the thing, can you imagine, right, right when I read those words, I just went back to that time and I began to imagine what Peter had been going through for those three days. After denying Jesus, I could just, I could just imagine the shame that Peter felt, the guilt that Peter was dealing with. I, I can imagine that, that he was just crying out to God during these three days. I can imagine the promises that he must have made to Jesus, to God. God, if I ever get the chance again, I will never deny you again. I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry. I don't know why I did it. I'm sorry. But if I ever get the chance again, God, I promise I'll never, I'll never deny you again. I could just imagine what he went through. Those 3 days had to have felt like 3 years for Peter. Yes. I can just imagine him crying out to God. And then what happens is Mary comes running back to the disciples. That Sunday morning and she's running back to them and she's saying, she's saying, guys, 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 he's, he's not there. He's he's alive. He's risen. And I could just see the disciples are saying, what, what do you mean? What do you mean? He's not." Like, no, I talked to an angel and he said that he's risen. He's not there. He's alive. He's alive. He's risen. And, and and I could just imagine in that moment, Peter's getting excited. What are you talking about? But then, and then Mary says, "And and, and you guys, he wants you to go and meet him in Galilee. And I can imagine them getting excited about this. What are you talking about? This can't be, really? He, he wants you, he's going to meet us? And then I can imagine Peter getting excited, but then Peter also thinking this, but, but what about me? Yeah. What about me? Lord, am I even worthy? Do you even want me to be your disciple anymore? I just denied you, God. I, I don't know. They, 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 you want your disciples to meet him, but what about me, God? Should I go? And then I can hear Mary saying, no, no, Peter, you don't understand. He called you by name. And he said, including Peter. The angel said your name, Peter. He said, including Peter. And I can just imagine in that moment, Peter's whole countenance changing. Can you imagine the forgiveness that Peter felt? hearing those two words, hearing his name. Can you imagine the restoration that began to happen in Peter? Knowing that, man, everything God spoke over my life, it it still stands. He's still calling me by name. Two words, including Peter. Two words that brought so much forgiveness. Forgiveness two words that forged a destiny. The promise still stands. The promise still stands. And I want you to know today that the promise over your life is still valid. The promise that God has spoken over your life. There's There's some people that are listening today that you know that God has called you. You know that God has spoken a word over your life. And for whatever reason, you've been distant from God. You've been distant from Him. But today He's calling you by name. He's saying, including Miguel, including Ricky, including Sarah, including Susan promise over your life still stands. And and let me say this, that God will use the lowest points in your life as a platform to propel you into your destiny. If you would just surrender completely to him, if you would just submit completely to him, because there's purpose in your pain, there's purpose, there was purpose in the pain that Peter went through for those three days. You gotta get this, you guys. There was purpose happening in those three days. There was something in Peter that, that had to be, that had to be eradicated. Or there was something missing from Peter that needed to be added. And I believe in those three days, there was a purpose. There's purpose in your pain. There's purpose in what you went through. Even this, even if your pain you feel is self inflicted, Peter's pain was self inflicted. There's someone right now that you feel like, man, I'm in this distant place from God and it's self-inflicted. But I want you to know, even in that, God will turn around the lowest point in your life. And he'll use it for his purpose in your life and through your life. Here's the thing. Literally 49 days later you got to get this 49 days later from Peter's denial from his lowest point 49 days later is when the Holy Spirit fell in the upper room on Pentecost And the promise that God began, that God, that Jesus spoke over Peter's life long ago when he changed his name from Simon to Peter. No longer are you Simon. You are now Peter because you know me. You know who I am. So let me tell you who you are, Simon. You are Peter. You're the rock that I will build my church upon. 49 days after his lowest point. The Holy Spirit would fall and what would happen is Peter would begin to preach and thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people would come to know Jesus. And the promise over Peter's life would literally be coming to fruition and the church would be built upon his shoulders. Do you know that our church is built upon the shoulders of this man? And I'm closing with this. Luke chapter 22, a little bit earlier, verse 31 and 32. I just want to read this. This is again Jesus predicting Peter's denial before it happened. I'm just going to give a second, just for you. Luke 22, verse 31. In 32, it says this, Simon, Simon, remember this is Peter's name before Jesus gave him his name Peter. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat. But I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. So when you have repented and turned to me again, strengthen your brothers. Let me read that. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift each of you like we, but I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. So when you have repented and when you turn to me again, strengthen your brothers. See, this is what the Lord is calling you to today. Somebody this is really hitting home with today. I've been in that place of denial in my life and it's three years is nothing. Three days is nothing. It's been a long time. And Jesus is saying, listen, your faith has not failed because I am your faith. I'm the author and the finisher of your faith. You've turned your eyes for me. So you've been sinking and you've been hitting a low place and you've been, you've been at a place where you might feel you're at rock bottom, but I've said this before. I am the rock that is at the bottom. And if you would just stand on me, I will lift you out of the pit that you're in and his command to you today, just like it was to Peter in his lowest point saying, Peter, I've prayed for you that your faith wouldn't fail completely. So I need you to repent and I need you to simply turn back to me. See, and I believe that that's exactly what Peter did and it wasn't, but 49 days later that Peter is now walking in his destiny. Peter is walking in the fullness of what God has spoken over his life. Not even two months later, God can do a miraculous thing in your life. He can turn you around so quick and he can put you on a path so quick You would be amazed at what God, only God can do that. Only God can do that. So I believe that he's asking us today to search our hearts, to repent, to turn back to him. And then he says this, and once you've done that, I want you to strengthen your brothers. Those other ones that abandoned me, those other ones that deserted me, just like you did. Man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a testimony. I'm going to birth a testimony in your life right now. And I want you to tell them. I want you to encourage them. I want you to strengthen them. I want you to reach them, Peter, for my sake. Because you're the rock. I believe that today Jesus is saying that. He's saying, listen, I already knew what you were going to do. Before you did it. I already knew that you were going to fall short. but I died for you anyway I called you anyway and just like Peter I've invited you to the table anyway they were all sitting with Jesus at the table and it wasn't but a few hours later that they all would abandon him desert him turn their back on him and deny him and literally be ashamed of him but Jesus wasn't ashamed of them And he went to the cross and Jesus is not ashamed of you. Jesus is not ashamed of what you've done. So stop being ashamed of yourself. Stop allowing shame to just hold you down and just keep you in this place. God is saying today, I want you to have courage. Courage is not the absence of shame, not the absence of fear, but it's the willingness to walk and to step out in spite of what you feel, in spite of the shortcomings that you feel about yourself. God is saying, have some courage today. I'm calling you by name. I'm calling you by name. I've spoken a word over your life. I've spoken a promise over your life. I've spoken it long ago and I'm speaking it now. It still stands. There's nothing that you have done to ruin that word that's been spoken over your life. There's nothing that you can do because my grace is sufficient for you. As long as you have breath in your lungs, my purpose that I want you to walk in is right before you. All you have to do is just take a step because that's how God operates. God doesn't force anything on anyone. You take the step and watch God do the rest. You just focus on putting him at the top Everything else. Let me take this weight off of your shoulders today. Because some of you thinking like, oh, but there's this, there's that, and I'm, I'm addicted to this, I'm addicted to that, and I don't know how, I don't know how this is all gonna work. I, I, Holy Spirit, I feel you calling me right now, but then the, the enemy's reminding me of everything I have to change. Don't worry about any of that. Just worry about Him. Worry about just making one commitment to Him and saying, Lord, I, I put you first. I really do. Right now, I surrender everything, God. I don't know how I'm going to get free from all this stuff, but I believe that you could do it. I know you could do it. So so I let go, God. I let go of it all right now, and I let you into my life, Lord, and I surrender everything to you, God. I surrender everything to you. I'm not going to worry about... I'm not going to worry about tomorrow. The next day, I'm going to worry about right now. I'm making a commitment for you right now, God, because I know that you could change my life. I know that you could change my heart. I know that you could change my desires, God. I know that everything can change, Lord. If I just respond to you, if I just put you first, God, everything else will fall into order, God. Because if I'm serving you, then if my eyes are fixed on you, Jesus, everything else is put in its proper place. Everything else that was once significant becomes insignificant when we put the one in our life that holds the most significance first. So I want to encourage you today and I want to pray for you today. If you want to make a commitment today, if you feel the Holy Spirit is calling you today, you could come forward. We'll pray for you. This isn't a forced thing. This is not some type of coercion or anything. This is just you and God right now. Someone has felt so distant from God and you know what you feel like it's self-inflicted because you've turned your back on him. You've turned your back on him. But he's saying, listen, don't be ashamed because I'm not ashamed of you. I love you. I love you. My grace is sufficient for you. Because my power is made perfect
1: in weakness. This has been New Hope Radio, a ministry of New Hope Christian Fellowship. You're invited to worship with them at 22110 Montgomery Street in Hayward. Services are held Sundays at 10 a.m. For other service times and more information, see New Hope Christian Fellowship online at nhcfonline.org. That's nhcfonline.org. Join us next week at this time for New Hope Radio here on AM 1100 KFAX.